listeners, guess what? You're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast where we three friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. And first we talk about Recently Watched, which we try not to spoil. And uh, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find their music on Amazon or Apple Music, where you could buy it digitally, and say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Dash Rays. And uh, we are not professional critics. We're just uh, your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Hello. Guys, uh, recently watched since last time. Anything? Uh, I didn't watch a whole lot. Um, thankfully, after much hardship, we made it through the third season of Star Trek Discovery. What? Uh, I think my problem with it is everybody is uh, terribly whiny. <laughs> In the future. <laughs> Everybody's a real sad sack. Um, I wanted a little bit of sense of adventure. Yeah. Uh, it seems like people's personal feelings take a front seat to any sort of sci-fi-ness or even basic story. Um, doesn't make great for great Star Trek. So they should be on a mission. They should have... Some clearly defined goals, yeah. and instead they're all crying about the food Araka cycle isn't working in their cabin. No, they're crying. I mean, it's kind of sad to say this, but I think they're reacting like <laughs> perhaps real people would if they were faced with, you know, I, I'm just throwing this out there, murderous space robots or something. Um, you probably have people breaking down and whatnot, but it just doesn't make for very compelling sci-fi television. If I was watching a family drama and, you know, grandma's gone into a coma, perhaps I can understand that, but I don't tune in to watch people, um, you know, look down in the mouth and pouty the whole time that they're flying around galaxies and and shit that would be fantastical. Does, does anyone get really bummed out because they fall in love with a fake person from the holodeck? Does that ever happen? Yeah, that happened on TNG. Okay. Um, Jordy fell in love with a woman because he he programmed the holodeck and uh, he had a bunch of her bio graphical information speeches and whatnot and created her to help solve a problem he fell in love with her and then in a later episode she actually the real person showed up and because he's not like or she's not like Jordy imagined his holodeck girlfriend was they uh they have a falling out uh Jordy acts like an asshole and yet at the end of the show she apologizes to him Wow. Yeah, it's it's not great. Um, but yeah, my wife was really, really reluctant to watch the last episode, and I had to tell her, you signed up for Starfleet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's either this or we go back to Voyager. Which is the equivalent <laughs> of a court-martial. Yeah. Okay. You know, and once we finish this, we can go on to Enterprise, and she's like, I really want out of Starfleet. Yeah. <laughs> 
Nope. <laughs> like, nobody can get out of Starfleet. You nope. can even break the rules and we'll probably promote you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I found at the end, without giving too much away, um, Starfleet pulled a really kind of fascistic move by seizing all the galaxies to lithium and then letting people join rejoin the federation it is a colonial power isn't it oh yeah it was terrible it was like ooh, yeah of course these people rejoined you you're the only people in the universe who have fuel anymore uh <laughs> once again starfleet proves any way is great as you know uh, you can do it any way you want as long as you do it Star Starfleet's way first. Right. You know, you, you Starfleet's try, the best way. You, you try to do it by the books. All are equal, but Starfleet's the best. That's it. Hmm. Uh, moving so, on. So Starfleet is Scientology is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes you get episodes where you get the feeling that the writers are aware that maybe Starfleet's not great. <laughs> um yeah it, they've got some problems uh but i don't know if i'll tune into the next season the, there's more spin-offs though isn't there? there's a spin-off i'll i'll check it out strange new worlds um mm. only because captain pike from season two is on it yeah wow we'll see uh you know, it's always sad to see Captain Pike because you know he ends up in that wheelchair with just the one light to communicate. <laughs> um, so I watched another Joe Bob Briggs uh, presentation of a movie I just picked at random. It was Slumber Party Massacre 2. Still not as many people who, as uh, were killed at the slumber party in uh, Horror of Party oh, Beach. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> Okay. No, um, I'm not sure that I'd seen this movie or not. I know I've seen Slumber Party Massacre, and I know I've seen Slumber Party Massacre 3, but I may have overlooked Slumber Party Massacre 2. I didn't miss anything. It's not a good movie. Hmm. Um, it's weird in that it doesn't seem to have any tie to the last movie other than Crystal Bernard from Wings is in it. Wow. And she was in the other movie, I guess. Um, different killer who seems to come out of her dreams like uh, Freddy Krueger. I'm not really sure. He's this rockabilly guy. He's the best part of the movie because he <laughs> sings and break dances before he kills you with this guitar with a big drill on the end. <laughs> oh, um, I feel like I did see this. You know, that part's fantastic. And he is chewing the scenery so hard. Oh, it's great. But everybody else is just so run-of-the-mill. It's so boring. Their high school antics are boring. Um, it's nothing you haven't seen before. Um, turns out it's a dream or it's not. You don't care. I spoiled it, but it came out in, what, 1987, so you yeah. should have seen it by now. Right. No, I think I think it's okay to spoil stuff that's that old. Yeah. Wow. Was that it? Um, oh, no, I watched a movie called Suck. 
which is a vampire comedy. Um, I won't say too much about it because I think I might suggest it uh, for a show. Cool. Uh, I will say I was surprised because it is Canadian. Did not have David Cronenberg anywhere attached to it, and yet I enjoyed it. Hmm. So, uh, no budget vampire comedy out of Canada. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. It uh, came out maybe a decade ago. Better than Vamp? Better than Vamp. Um, didn't love the whole thing. There were parts that were, you know, yeah. Um, there is a, a kind of terrible open and then a really, really bad computer-generated bat that made <laughs> me say audibly... All alone. Oh no! <laughs> but I gave it a shot, and I really enjoyed it. And I believe that Malcolm McDowell will star in any movie, mm. anywhere, and anytime. He's the British Nicolas Cage. Oh my God, he is! Did he blow a bunch of money? Did he like bought a castle in Austria? Oh, did he? <laughs> no, no, that was that was Nicolas Cage. Oh, <laughs> did he, you know he bought a. Uh, you know, I don't remember. Nicholas Cage bought a bunch of crazy stuff, but uh, yeah, uh, Malcolm McDowell's in it. A lot of uh, rock stars. Uh, Henry Rollins turns up. Alice oh. Cooper and uh, Iggy Pop. Alice Cooper's face now, well, ten years ago, needs to be a Halloween mask. Oh yeah, he is. Crazy scary looking. Oh yeah, he's got these really deep set eyes, and and then he puts the black makeup around him. Yeah, yeah. They do have a Halloween mask of him. I don't know if it's quite as gaunt it should and be wrinkly. old. <laughs> it can't be. It can't be in his prime, Alice Cooper. That's crap. I want old Alice Cooper it, it mask. Comes with a whole golfing outfit. Uh huh. Exactly. Yeah. And and a fucking Trump sign, and. <laughs> <laughs> He's a famous Republican, despite being, you know, supposedly so shocking. weird and shocking. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like uh, there's probably something that happened after he made too much money. Yeah, I don't know if money doesn't the it, same it, money unmasked school, you. School was out too early. School was out too early. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, there's not much you can do when someone, you know, takes a a political stance that seems to be contrary to their lifestyle was. Yeah, I mean, it's Alice Cooper. I'm not out anything. If he wants to be Republican, that's his yeah. choice. I don't really care. Um, what am I? I'm, didn't even care for him if I didn't know that. Uh, there. Yeah, no. It needs to be a lot older. Yeah, that, that it needs <laughs> to be geriatric Alice Cooper. Yeah. Well, how about this Rob Zombie mask? I'm on uh, TrickOrTreatStudios.com. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, man. This is the Hellbilly Deluxe era Rob Zombie. It's a good sculpt. I doubt the hair on the beard looks that realistic. <laughs> oh man, I bet it looks great. <laughs> 
They always take the best one and they spend a lot of time with it. Then they <laughs> uh, shave that one and do some real beard f- feature on it so we can take a photo of it because that crap we're selling <laughs> does not photograph well. Right. Why are you recording this? <laughs> uh, I think that wraps it up for me. All right. Um, I'll do mine next because it's quick and easy. Uh, I've been very busy getting ready for some uh, horror cons that are coming up and uh, and things like that. Yeah. Um, the only thing I've had a chance to watch on TV and, and actually sit and pay attention to, other than our featured attraction tonight were a few episodes of Young Rock, which is about... The the, the premise of, of this sitcom is that it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson is running for president in the year 2032, and he's uh, being interviewed by somebody... It's not like a documentarian, but more like a, a TV kind of expose about his uh, young life and his life up to the point of becoming The Rock the wrestler and uh it's actually really funny the casting is brilliant they've got him at uh, 10 years old 15 years old and then college age and i assume if the show goes on long enough they'll cover him uh, becoming a pro wrestler and they probably will use the actor from college age rock uh the guy um, when did he become a prison <laughs> welcome to the rock uh the guy who plays 15-year-old Dwayne Johnson, Bradley Constant, is hilarious. Uh, he's got that crappy mustache <laughs> that kids grow out at 15. Yes. And, it, and you know, he's like, they, he looks like he's well over six feet tall. They don't let him on the school bus. Sir, sir, you can't get on the school bus. This is for school children. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, they don't have a lot of money, so he starts shoplifting so he can wear cool clothes. And uh, sometimes he blows up the 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 blue dye pack by accident, you know, because the the security device. Uh, anyway, uh, it's pretty funny, and it and of course you see him at ten years old, just hanging out with all these pro wrestlers like they're his uncles, because his dad was a very well known pro wrestler. Um. So uh, Rocky Johnson was his dad, and uh, he, you know, regularly hung out with all these guys. And Rocky Bullwinkle Johnson. <laughs> Rocky Bullwinkle, uh, and the, the likenesses are pretty good. <laughs> the likenesses of these uh, wrestlers, the casting again is great. Uh, whoever did it did a good job. So yeah, uh, and then we did watch some. Uh, WandaVision. Oh. And I don't know what's going on because I don't know these Marvel characters. I understand you don't know what's going on the first couple episodes. You just have to go with it. Just like Bewitched, though. You know, and they're doing a whole, you know, a whole play on the the Bewitched type thing. I honestly uh, don't know what Vision is supposed to be. I assume he's a robot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he he's not like a cyborg. He's just he's an android. He's just an android. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what Wanda is. She's kind of witchy. In the comics, she's a mutant who has hex powers, whatever that means. Yeah, she can um, alter probabilities. Yeah. Mm. 
whatever that means. And she's the sister of Quicksilver. Yeah, it's kind of a And she gets adopted by Magneto. Yeah. So it's Bewitched with a robot Darren. Kind of, yeah. I, I always found the Scarlet Witch to be kind of like a, uh, you know, we don't know what to do with her kind of character. <laughs> or maybe she comes out of the left field at the end and saves us because her well, powers point, are ill-defined. Yeah. I mean, they did have a story where she kills almost every mutant on the planet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She seems nicer than that. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure because I've seen her briefly in a couple of the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you much about if their characters are different. Yeah, uh, I know Vision's a robot. Yeah. Okay. He's an android created by Ultron. Yes. From the original Human Torch. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. This this is all very foreign to me because. Uh, I've I've lost my ability to consume that much um, comic book culture. Yeah, and and I am absolutely in the dark with all things anime, all things video game. Like when people talk enough about something, I feel like I start to know a little bit about it. But I haven't heard anybody talk about these characters. So I know nothing about them. So. It starts out, and I'm like, okay, they're doing a bewitched thing here. That's cool. Oh, okay, so then they go into, like, the same kind of vibe, or the same kind of dynamics, but now it's in the Brady Bunch era. So they go right from bewitched era to Brady Bunch era, the decor, the house. Yeah, so I'm interested. I feel like I know nothing about it. So that's that's my recently watched. Julian, what about you? Um, as far as television goes, uh, that the, the finale of um, was it Superman and Lois? Yeah, mm, I've not watched. That. Do you watch that? I have it, not. It's no. really good. They they really it's a really good balance of um, you have the like the cosmic story of Kryptonians turning up and mm-hmm. um, so it's got all that spectacle, but then uh, uh, most of the time is actually spent in Smallville where they've the uh, Kent family have moved there. And uh, because it's his old hometown, and they want to give the kids a normal life, they've got oh, a couple okay. of boys. And uh, but then all these weird things start happening. But you also have the story of a small American town out in the, you know, Kansas, and uh, which is which is just folding up. Mm-hmm. And this uh, corporate guy turns up, and he's got all this money, and he gives everyone jobs, and uh, so it's this kind of corporate takeover. It, it feels quite. I mean, it's an old story but it feels yeah. quite contemporary and uh, with desperate farmers and willing to do anything to get by um, so yeah it's, it's a good balance of like this mundane but interesting story with, with you know the super stuff going on oh okay um, yeah we, we really enjoyed that one um, as far as movies go we watched uh, Glass which is the sort of now I've seen all the Unbreakable trilogy. Yeah, the yeah. Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. Um, uh, it's got a good soundtrack by West Dylan Thornton. Uh, it's got uh, James McAvoy is back from um, Split. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis back from Unbreakable. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy is, is back from uh, Split. Um, yeah, it's got a good cast. Um, it, it starts off from... You think, oh, this is going to be like a low-key superhero 
movie and then then the air just goes out of it because they all get uh, they get put into this asylum together and uh it, the air just goes out of the plot completely it's like mm. um but you know you know it's a Shyamalan st- movie so but this is where he's going to put in all the elements that which are going to be the twist ending yeah so you're just picking up on all that stuff mm. um but yeah i thought oh, man is, is this the most boring superhero movie ever made <laughs> for quite a stretch of it um eventually they, they get around to the uh the showdown um you know they, they wreck a van they they burst a water uh, container so uh <laughs> <laughs> as far as uh, major as it goes wow um but uh yeah um he yeah it's a shame he's such a good director and like you watch the camera moves he does and the storytelling he does with the camera and the editing it's really good stuff yeah but, but uh in service of uh, yeah a story that's like hobbled to fit his own twist endings um watched uh, war hunt from 1962 this is, uh, stars uh, john saxon um and the debut of robert redford uh, it's got a very young tom skerritt in it as well so this is a wow. k- korean war movie this is one of those low-key very somber more of a character study war movies so robert redford is the new recruit and he finds himself on the front lines in the hills and uh, one of the other people in his unit played by uh John Saxon and he's the psycho of the group and they people say don't mess with this guy he goes he he uh he puts in all this commando face paint and goes out every night to, to go and you know st- ostensibly he's scouting but he's actually like killing as as many of the Koreans as he can interesting um so yeah he's his nut and then there's this uh Korean kid that he's adopted well kind of adopted and uh so there's this like battle of wills between robert redford as the naive new guy who's trying to uh help the kid and and yeah um everyone else is, is saying like don't mess with them don't you know stay away from them um anyway uh i was good if, if you're a john saxon fan definitely watch it because he's, he's intense in this film oh nice yeah he's good uh, yeah, so that was War Hunt. And then uh, then going back even further, I watched uh, Western Union from 1941. This is a Fritz Lang Western. Oh, really? Yeah, beautiful use of Technicolor. An amazing, like, uh, they, I think they start off in Nevada and they go through, t- they're headed for uh, Utah, I think. Um, but basically it's the, it's the Western Union like laying their telegraph lines into the, into the West. And... Uh, uh, so it stars Randolph Scott, John Carradine's in it as a doctor. He looks great. <laughs> nice. uh, Dean Jagger is leading this, the wagon train. Uh, Robert Young is, a, is the clean-cut guy who turns up to help them. Um, but yeah, there's a lot going on in this. Um, it's, uh, it's a fun, fun western. Nice. Cool. But anyway, that was it. All right. So, Jolian, for this week, you chose... The Wolf House. Yes. Um, did you know anything about it going into it? Uh, no. La Casa Lobo from Chile. Um, this has uh, definitely... <laughs> I had no expectations going into it. I knew nothing about it. Just I looked at what's the runtime. Yeah. And started the movie. <laughs> 
yeah, I just looked around for uh, stuff that we could all watch and shudder, and and uh, this was the most visually interesting one I could find. Yeah, it was unlike anything else. Um, what was your initial uh, after it got past like the fake document or the the fake archival footage at the beginning, mm. and started into what was going to be the the medium that they used and the texture and the yeah. vibe of it. Uh, what what was your initial reaction to that? I mean, it's like uh, that full. That it's like uh, mostly done in full scale stop motion with yeah. stuff painted over it and moving. And uh, yeah, it reminded me of um, Jan Svankmeyer films I used to watch. Like he, I think he did a feature film called Alice. Mm, yes. But he he he's he's known for like animating with meat and yeah bones and stuff yeah <laughs> pretty ghastly um but yeah it reminded me of that that kind of uh, and they're, they're doing this like they've obviously built like full-scale rooms and and so like the all the furniture's animated and then you get these paintings that appear on the walls and then the painting appears to move around the walls and yeah and you can clearly see how uh it changes as they're painting it and mm-hmm. painting it again and painting <laughs> over it as they go yeah. Um, then you have these tapes that flow out and form into people, and yeah, yeah, made out of masking tape, yeah, and packing tape. Is that what it was? I think so. Yeah, yeah uh, it was something else. Yeah, it was unlike anything. Well, I've seen things that were stop motion, and I've seen things that were stop motion with paint or three-dimensional things you know things that are claymation or whatever but this one you're watching some of the stuff being built and uh and at first i'm thinking well is this just pretentious are they just doing this to show off and say hey look how artsy we are but i don't think that was really what they were doing i mean at first i it catches your eye and you're like okay is this just going to be like uh oh this is like one of those nifty little shorts that would be on you know liquid television on mtv <laughs> back in the day yeah there's like really early um silent films um with it you know where they, they discovered the use of stop motion and there's one about a haunted hotel mm-hmm. where they go in and, and all the furniture is like moving around them but it's, it's actual live people being yeah. animated as it were in amongst the furniture yeah like what do you think the point was behind using this like rather than just doing traditional animation um because i'm looking at this thinking well this could have been done uh with colored pencil or cell animation or any other number of things um what do you suppose the point was i I think um so that the house is uh it's the idea of a, a rooms being in the uh her her mind okay um the house is an interior space there's no separation between what's in her mind and the environment around her oh yeah the two-dimensional and the three-dimensional are back and forth a lot yeah because because yeah. basically it's about this uh a girl named marie Well who's fled from this colony and she's taken refuge in this house from a wolf and uh she's she finds that in the house there's her two pigs from the colony so you have this like callback to the three little pigs right mm-hmm. where the you have this idea of like a 
the house being a place of safety from evil forces or forces out to eat you. Right. Uh, but she's not really escaped at all. She's, you know, she's still got that colony mindset, and there's still the voices in the colony. And you know, this is this is not the pig's house; it's the wolf house. Right. She's still in the grip of the, uh, you know, how she's being treated in the colony. Yeah, and and you you get kind of a a brief uh, overview and brief history of what is this German colony, and you know, what is it all about? Yeah, uh, it was an actual place. Do you know? Yeah, uh, this this rang true because I felt like I've heard about this. Uh, a lot of South America, it seems, ended up with um, Germans, you know, mm -hmm. especially after World War II for some strange reason. <laughs> yeah, this is um, uh, Paul Schaffer Schneider. Uh, he was the founder of Colonia Dignidad in southern Chile, uh, which was active from 1961 to 2005. Wow, it's a good run. Um, yeah, it's known for its rape and torture of children and weapon smuggling for the Pinochet regime and uh, doing the... Uh, it's where they carried out a lot of the torture for the Pinochet regime. Jeez. From 1973 to 1990. Um, so uh, uh, Schaffer was a Nazi medic and uh, after the war he became an evangelical preacher and uh, so he had his... Uh, his uh, evangelical free church and where he was uh, they didn't uh, convict him of it but he was uh, you know there's stories about him abusing boys and uh, then he, he became the follower of, a, of an American healer evangelist named William Branham uh, as was Jim Jones oh wow um and he became a friend of uh, Branham, and uh, he fled arrest for child abuse to Chile in 1961, and, and set up the Colonia Dignidad. Mm. Sounds so, like a savory fellow. Mm. Yep. So if if you're unfamiliar with all of that, watching this, sometimes you have to think, oh, you know, is this is this is this girl uh, Maria? Was that the the main mm -hmm. character? Uh, is she just being bratty and wanting to run away and mm -hmm. live in her fantasy life? And, you know, is it really that bad in the colony? It sounds like, yeah, it actually was. Yeah, it's, it's what they do at the start, they present this as a film made by the colony to counter the rumors by the ignorant. Yeah. Um, but then when she gets to the house and you have, you know, when she first steps in and then it's like a bare room and then everything kind of forms around her. And uh, well, the window frame appears, and you can see it's the swastika. Yeah, yeah, for just a second. Yeah, yeah. just a second. Uh, yeah, you realize that she hasn't gotten away at all. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I, I do wonder uh, could this have been achieved with all the all the moods and and emotions and everything? Could it have been achieved with, like I said, you know, colored pencil or? You know, watercolor animation, or any of the other different textural ways you can do animation. Uh, but I think you need the house. You do, and yeah, it, we, I mean, we've all seen experimental stuff like this, but normally it's not feature length. Usually, it's a, a short, you know, twenty minutes maximum, and this is what yeah. seventy-four minutes or something. I wondered how long it took them to make this had to been years five years i think five is that what they years? said that sounds about right oh wow yeah because it's funny you could watch the paint 
literally watch the paint dry on some of the paper mache characters. You know, you watch them form, you watch them take color as they're painted, and the paint is kind of wet, and then you mm-hmm. see it dry. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, Will, what did you think when you turned this on? Did you do? Did you know anything about it? Did you do any no, research? No. Uh, all I saw was that it was stop motion. And uh, even then, I was kind of blown away by how the stop motion was achieved, you know, or yeah. what they were using. Um, how, how would have they have done that? Like when they're moving paintings around the walls, they'd have to clear it off bit by bit and then they paint over it you can see where like the brush strokes like mm-hmm. they've painted you know they move it a little bit i guess and then they have to paint out that side you know if it's a face moving mm-hmm. move it a little bit and paint out the side it would it would be really labor intensive <laughs> and then with the big tape people you could see how they had uh, clear packing tape to hold them in mm-hmm. place while they yeah it would appear and disappear for a second animated yeah. them yeah that was crazy yeah <clears throat> yeah the the parts where you know they form out of like what looks like uh, roots coming up or mm-hmm. whatever the in the characters form and they change um, so what are we supposed to get from uh, I understand that there's the fairy tale aspect of it of, of them choosing pigs, but what are we supposed to get from the fact that, well, she's got pigs and then she decides they should have hands, so she tells yeah. them to have hands right. and feet, <laughs> and then she just turns them into people. Yeah, kind of Orwellian. Yeah. Or uh, even uh, Doctor Moreau experimentation on on people genetic yeah. experiments, but and you also have at the start you have the when they're doing the like a fake uh, documentary about the uh, the colony, and they're advertising themselves, and they also have the advert for honey. Uh huh. And then later on, she she gets hold of some honey and she's using it on her pig people to make them. Uh, she calls it uh, making them better people. Yeah. And they turn blonde. Yes. Yeah. 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 They go from decidedly not Aryan looking to decidedly Aryan looking. Yeah. Yeah, um, it seems like there were probably some some uh, other lessons in there and some other uh, morals to the story that I feel like you could you could probably read up on it or dig a little deeper or watch it two or three more times and pick up more. I feel like some things were definitely going over my head, <laughs> but uh, yeah. There's there's a lot of passages where it's like I don't know what's really going on yeah. I don't know what this, this is adding yeah uh, it, was, it was sure interesting to watch yeah because sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's just like suddenly now you're just a head it's <clears throat> like you were a person here in the other room now you're just a head mm. and oh you grew a body neat okay great yeah yeah I was a little unclear of what was happening all the time yeah and and, uh, and the pigs decided that because they were hungry they're just going to turn on her and eat her Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like that was supposed to like, you know, ring some bell with me that I I didn't understand why why did that happen? You know, that seemed like a big turning point for the characters. You know, they they turned against their essentially their creator, and I wasn't sure I got why. 
But uh, again, you know, I'm sure that the filmmakers could tell you. Yeah, it's be interesting to have a commentary on it. Yeah, it, it, it would be something where if you could hear them uh, do a Q&A about this or, like you said, a commentary on like a DVD or whatever, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, Cristobal Leon and uh, Joaquin Cosina. Yeah. Now let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna click on click into that, and it's like this guy uh, Joaquin. He's done a few of these things. Okay, let's see. Uh, and yes, some of them are shorts. Uh, Lahuesos, uh, sorry, uh, from 2021. He directed that. It's a short. It's completed. It's not been released. Um, the Andes is a short from 2013. Um, yeah, uh, actually everything has been a short prior to this. Um, the Wolf House was a feature length, just barely, I guess. And yeah, he's got, let's see, three, six, eleven things and ten of them are shorts. So there's that. Um, They're all CGI shark movies. <laughs> <laughs> How would this be improved with CGI, Will? Oh, man. You just make one masking tape person and you scan it in. I think you're going the wrong way. I think CGI needs to be replaced by masking tape. <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever your imagination can come up with as long as we can make it out of masking and packing tape. Right. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Cristobal Leon uh, appears to be apparently the partner with this guy on all this stuff because it's the same IMDB uh, rundown here with uh, all the shorts, the same The Witch and the Lover, Padre, Madre The Ark, The Smaller Room so on and so forth yeah, these are all the same so they must uh, have a good partnership going mm. that's neat um, yeah, The Ark I wonder what that one is because uh, that's on the known for list uh, intergalactic traveler cares for various beasts aboard a ship. An unexpected disaster will give rise to a new type of creature. Made of masking tape. And it's a pig with hands and feet. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, interesting. I think that's going to be worth a look. Yeah, I see a nude masking tape woman with a tinfoil tin robot tinfoil spaceman or robot man yeah not sure which well we should d definitely uh, look into more work that's a 17 minute short so okay that's what i would expect this kind of work to end yeah. up at like dude we can't do this forever <laughs> this took us a year and a half and it's only 17 minutes all right well write an ending and let's <laughs> let's move on with our lives once you get into something like this, maybe that's how you live. You know, like, uh, oh, what's some of the claymation people I'm thinking of? Um, Wallace and Gromit, uh, Nick Park. Mm -hmm. You know, I think like, well, what else would Nick Park do if he wasn't making Wallace and Gromit or the other things he's made? He'd be a murderer or something. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps right? him off the streets. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I uh, first went out and rented some movies for my nephews when I had moved back from Hawaii and I was living in Chicago. 
I was uh, staying with my family and uh, my sister's kids, Matt and Andrew. They were like needing something new in their life, I could tell. So I got them Jackie Chan and uh, and Wallace and Gromit mm. movies from the video rental place. And they were so stoked. They were so happy to, <laughs> to see something like Jackie Chan movies and Wallace and Gromit animation. Yeah, those are both pretty great. Yeah, I mean, imagine you're, you know, four or five, six years old. Oh, yeah, man, that's, yeah. That's when you want to see that stuff. This, on the other hand, may be a little no. dark for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you remember how they used to do stuff on Sesame Street where, you know, they, they would do, like, all the stop motion in between bits? And you're, yeah. like, not sure why. Uh, did you have Sesame Street in England? Uh, yeah, I didn't watch it, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was one where the, an orange got rubber band lips and then was singing opera. Mm, I, remember, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I remember as a kid, I was like, what in the hell is this? On, on a, a British children's TV, we've had, we'd have programs like the, there'd be arts programs for kids, and they'd have... Um, uh, so Nick Park did some animation for uh, one of the arts programs by a, a fellow named Tony Hart, and he had this little clay character that he could talk to uh-huh. Called Morph, and he was, a, he was this little plast, plasticine man. Okay. And uh, he he got so popular, he got his own series. Oh. Amazing okay. Adventures of Morph, and then and then he went on to Wallace and Gromit after that. That's great. Yeah, we we had lots of stop motion little little things like the Magic Roundabout, which was really trippy French uh, animation, stop motion puppets. Um, that there was a feature film of that um, called Dougal and the Blue Cat, and I remember once when I was at uh, art college, and we came back from the clubs, some some time in the early hours, and we went to this house party, and uh, <laughs> they, were, they were watching Dougal and the Blue Cat because it was so trippy, and everyone was just so stoned, and and they had this um, uh, transparent uh, inflatable chair, which the people were just like. There, there was taking a toke out of a. I, I better not describe it. A bong. Yeah, it, it, it was an improvised bong. Let's, let's put it that way. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't want to tell people how to make them. <laughs> but you know, they they take a big hit of that and then blow it into the um, chairs. So that this chair is full of this swirling smoke, <laughs> and there wow. were just people just lying around the floor, waiting for this chair to be inflated and watching Dougal and the Blue Cat. But anyway, um, yeah, we had lots of uh, trippy. Um, sort of children's stop motion animation you know that that reminds me of uh, uh, I heard I, I want to say within the last five or ten years that uh, Sid and Marty Croft had no idea when they were making H.R. Puff and stuff that it was going to be a bunch of college students who were really high watching it but that appeared to be their audience because they were still up from the night before when this thing came on Saturday mm. mornings and, um, you know, you've got this kid with a talking flute and some witch trying to come yeah, after him. It's called Puffin Stuff. Yeah, they knew. Yeah, I they think that knew. they knew. You know, it wasn't called HR Shrooms and Stuff, but it might as well have been. <laughs> uh, it, it definitely seemed like, yeah, they knew. What the they magic knew? flute. Yeah. They knew. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't watch this one on drugs, though. No. You get a bad trip. Sort of mess you up. Yeah, I remember watching uh, like Jan Mayer and the, the brothers Cray. Uh-huh. Uh huh. 
they were they were like animating your your great grandmother's attic. Yeah. Broken dolls and stuff creepy, like that. Creepy oh, stuff. Yeah, I had a poster of their stuff because uh, we used to go to animation festivals and. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, saw them there and yeah, and I got this big poster and then uh, after I met Emily, she said, "I can't." I can't have be, that on the <laughs> can't have it on the wall. <laughs> Uh, my friends tried to make a stop motion movie with hamburger meat and oh it sounded like such a mistake because it cooked under the lights oh yeah yeah oh if nothing oh, else it just got too gooey and smelly oh it was so awful watching what a it you could just idea tell like oh this movie's making me sick <laughs> and flies start zooming into yeah. the frame Ugh. have you seen young spike my stuff uh yeah i've seen uh alice yeah alice is like the fiji film and he did all these shorts he, he, when uh, mtv used to have short animation oh, okay. between things that some of those were his i probably saw those uh, one of his shorts has these two clay heads and they're, they're in profile but it's like an allegory of war that they, they do these horrible violent things to each other uh-huh. and you know it's clay but it's still really revolting mm. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you lose yourself in watching these things and you just kind of go, oh, that's so gory. Like, it's almost like this oh, world yeah, this, exists. Like, the wolf house makes me flinch. This yeah. is really creepy. Yeah, and, it was. It had some real creepy moments. And the, and the voiceover of the wolf. Mm-hmm. Oh, the way he says, Maria. Yeah. <laughs> and he, oh. he, he kind of takes on this, uh, like, godlike. Uh, attitude of uh i'm i'm always in you yeah. my followers mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. so he's like this omniscient creature who's you know he's like freddy krueger he's in your dreams man yeah yeah um no but seriously it's like is there something about religion being said there i feel like maybe there is uh oh yeah because you know how these south american cults turn out oh yeah not good in fact cults in general Listeners, don't join cults. <laughs> You're not going to be happy with your, with the outcome. Um, but do start a cult. <laughs> start one, yeah. If you don't be a follower. Be a leader. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you this, make more money that way, anyway. So this one is brand new. I uh, think. Twenty eighteen. Oh, okay. So it's not brand new, but it's pretty recent. It's- from the before times. Yes. Yeah. From the before times. It's long ago. Yeah. This is why we does the tell. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, this is uh this is something I want to see more uh more of this work from these folks. But I am grateful that the rest of it's, you know, ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Fifteen minutes, twenty minutes maximum. Uh it's a little rough to watch mm-hmm. seventy four minutes of this. Yeah. I did pause it a couple times and go do something else. But when I was watching it, undivided attention. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any uh, any secret meanings you spotted, Will? Mm, Other than the obvious so. swastika? The swastika. <laughs> the fairy tale stuff almost felt like some sort of a ruse. You know, it didn't seem like it was really talking about that. No. In the original um, Three Little Pigs uh, from um, Southwest England, I think it comes from, mm-hmm. they're uh, pixies. 
Oh. And uh, they're sent out into the world by their mother, so there's that kind of parallel. Oh, okay. They're pixies? Yep. Three little pixies? Mm-hmm. Someone wow. just misunderstood? And he said, oh, it's pigs. Three little pigs. And these things are all uh, verbal, verbally passed on for quite a long time before they're written down. Yeah. It's like, it's like a centuries-long game of telephone. Yeah. Yeah, and the story can change them how you like. Yeah. Yeah, that ending is a little... Uh, it's not scary enough? You know, change it. It ends up nicely for the pigs at the end of that one, doesn't it? Yep. They, um, yeah, in the original, um, they, it's the, they're using different materials. I think the, the final houses are made of iron, oh. some kind of metal. Interesting. But in the, the, the standard version now, it's uh, straw... Twigs. Twigs, twigs and then, and then bricks. brick, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in and some versions, that, you know, starting with the Victorian adaptations, it got softened. So sometimes the wolf gets away. Sometimes, um, you, you know, they, they just have mild punishment. A witch doesn't yeah. bake him into a pie yeah, or the, anything. The, the pigs all survive. Yeah. They don't nail iron hot shoes to his feet or something <laughs> right. and make him dance himself to death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of the, the, the original version that he'd be like trapped in a in a cooker and yeah, or something awful. Yeah, but uh, it's he tried to drop down now. a chimney and they burned him alive. Mm-hmm. Does the dog die? Dot com. Yes, yes, he does. <laughs> uh, so no, uh, so no other hidden hidden meanings you picked up. Or anything? Nothing that I could I could point out right now. It just felt like there was stuff trying trying to like yeah present. I didn't. I was not following all of it. Yeah, you're just kind of going with the visuals. I, I was totally going with the visuals. Yeah, I was quite. I was kind of lost by it when it, it says that it's a film to present the colony in a positive light, but it's mm-hmm. nothing but <laughs> yeah. nothing like it. Yeah. We want to make uh, we want to make everything uh, nauseating and, and uh, yeah. weird and like, off-putting. Mm, this is not a tourist film. No. Yeah. I found the cockroaches in this film being tape or whatever they were made out of right. creepier than the actual cockroaches mm-hmm. in Thirty Miles to Nowhere. Yeah. From nowhere. Yeah. To yeah. nowhere. <laughs> now here. Now here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anytime cockroaches show up, it's it's a bad scene. Yeah, I think a lot of it's down to the sound design. Yeah, the sound has design creepy is great. sounds from the yeah. start, isn't it? Yeah, if you can get some scuttling going on, yeah, that's definitely uh, a good cockroach thing. Usually, uh, in in uh, live action TV shows, when they want to make you feel creeped out about bugs, they have like this really high pitched plucky string mm-hmm. sound, and I, I don't know why that's supposed to work. Um, the chattering sounds and whatnot, but yeah, when you can actually hear scuttly, scratchy feet noises, that that I believe is better. Mm-hmm. Although real cockroaches, yeah, they're pretty silent. They do. They mm-hmm. make that plucky little noise. Yeah, they they all yeah they have stringed instruments on their bellies. Yes, the 1920s cockroaches. Yeah, I wonder who started that plucky little. Yeah. You have to drop that in there. You have to find it, drop it in here, so people know what we're talking about. I'll see if I can. Yeah, because I well we're we're pretty much at the point where we're normally winding down, but. Uh, um, 
Any other takeaways from this that you guys uh, mm-hmm. want to throw out? No, not really. I recommend it. Yeah. I recommend it. It was pretty good. Yeah, I feel like it's... Definitely it's, different. It's different than anything you've seen in... Ever. Ever, yeah. <laughs> in, in, in ever. Uh, so Joaquin Cotinha and Cristobal Leon. Uh, yeah, let's see what else you got, because I, I feel like, well, why not have a look? It's got to be probably almost as weird. And... They're directing the next Conjuring movie. <laughs> I would love to oh, see man. something I'm made out of tape. Yeah, I would, I would, Annabelle made of mask and tape. Ooh, then she would be creepy. Yeah, wouldn't be just sitting there. Did I yeah. ever tell you guys about the Ronnie James Dio puppet? Well, marionette <laughs> that I made for my friend. Yes. Oh my god. And they didn't like it. Uh, he liked it and thought it was hilarious, and then he found it very creepy to have it in his house. <laughs> so he started keeping it in his garage. Ooh, I <laughs> Just, keep it in a tr- locked trunk. I bought glass doll eyes for it. Ooh. And it just was just hanging there from his strings, <laughs> staring at you. It was very... Life-size? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you could say that. Yeah, it was a papier-mâché marionette. And both hands were making his devil sign, and I, I put little curly-toed shoes. His costume was all black and purple. Uh, I bought dark curly doll hair for him. Yeah. I don't know if that thing is still around, but I kind of feel like making a new one and mailing it's it. It's hard him. to kill. Yeah. You know what? If I could, if I could make a new one and mail it to him, I know that he, <laughs> this friend of mine is uh, he's a he's a Lutheran minister now. Oh yeah, no return address. Yeah, just actually find, put it on the doorstep. Yeah, just have someone who can drop it off, or just hang it in a tree in his yard. <laughs> Or put it in his car. Have it, put it on the front porch, sitting in a chair. Yeah, Rig it to a line from the tree to his door, so when he opens it, it goes... This goes flying. <laughs> and it just turns out his kids are like, uh, some toy came zooming at me. Um, I was trying to film a TikTok. Uh, yeah, I don't want to upstage the wolf house by talking about my own creepy stuff, but... Uh, this one, yeah, recommend for people who want to see something unlike they've ever seen before. Now, do you think uh, 30 Miles to Nowhere, or whatever that was... 30 Miles from Nowhere. From Nowhere. Uh, would have been better if it had been made out of tape? Mm. Same plot. Yeah. <laughs> Same story, but everything's made out of tape. Yes. In fact, cover the actors in tape. <laughs> yeah. Cover the entire set in tape and paint it. Yes. That little A-frame house, you know, the scenes are painted on the walls. Yeah, it's made of cardboard and popsicle sticks and yeah, masking tape and paint. Yeah. Only could improve it. Um, yeah, the IMDB rating for The Wolf House is 7.6 out of 10. Well, okay. I expect a lot of people who would watch this couldn't just go with it. And it's one of those things you've got to just go with it. Yep. All right. Anything else before we call it a show? I don't think so. It's a show. Listeners, thank you for listening. Stay out of chili.